bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otobiel. And now, today's word. Talking about life in the spirit, and uh, if you remember when I started, I said that it was going to be a six-part series, but I have uh, repented of that. <laughs> All right? So we've talked about the spirit. We've, t- we've tried to identify the spirit, who the spirit is. We've uh, uh, separated the spirit from the soul. Uh, we've talked about how the soul was created, how the spirit was created, how the body was created. We've talked about uh, various things about who they are. Um, and we've talked about the recreated spirit and the spirit of God living in us. And today we're going to part six. And my subtitle is The Position of Our Spirit. The Position of Our Spirit. Where is your spirit uh, located and what is the position of our spirit? Now, to live in the spirit, we must be spirit-minded. We must be mindful of the spirit so that we can live in the spirit. As with everything that we do, when you are mindful of something, uh, it becomes more real to you. Um, if, if you uh, drive a certain brand of car, if, for example, you drive uh, a Toyota Camry, you, you'll be aware of Toyota Camry. All of a sudden, you know everybody else who drives Toyota Camry. If you jump and drive a Mercedes-Benz, you would notice it. Because when you're mindful of something, you recognize it very easily. And that is how it is in the things of the spirit. If you are not mindful of your spirit, you may not even know when he's speaking to you. But when you become mindful of your spirit, you, you recognize his work in your life. So it's very important to be mindful of the spirit. And so I'm going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 as my introductory text. Uh, and then I will shift from there to talk about the position of our spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. Most of you are familiar with verse 17, but this is the preceding verse uh, before verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. There are two major implications from this passage. The first one is this, that though Christ lived in the flesh, we experience him in the spirit. Jesus Christ lived in the flesh. When he lived amongst us, he lived a physical and a historical life here on earth. That means that there was a time when he was conceived. There was a time when he was born. There were times when he lived. He had a social life. He had friends. He had contemporaries. He grew up as a human being, lived like a human being. The disciples saw him as a human being. They experienced him physically. Even after his resurrection, they still experienced him in his glorified body. He could be touched. However, we don't experience Christ physically now. 
we experience him spiritually. So if you want to have a physical relationship with Jesus Christ, you're not going to have it. So though he lived in the flesh, we experience him in the spirit. When we receive Jesus into our heart, we don't receive a full-grown human being into our heart. That's not possible. You don't receive even a Jew into your heart, although Jesus was physically a Jew. You don't receive a carpenter, although Jesus was physically a carpenter. When we receive Jesus Christ into our hearts, we receive his spirit. So though he lived in the flesh, we experience him in the spirit. Every experience we have with Jesus Christ is a spiritual experience and not a physical one. He lived in the flesh. We experience him spiritually. The second implication of that statement is that though we live in the flesh, we, our true identity is in the spirit. Though we live in the flesh, our true identity is in the spirit. Therefore, from now we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, we don't know him that way any longer. We live in the flesh. We were conceived. We were born. We live a physical life in a physical body, in a physical world. We have physical senses. But our true identity is not who we are physically. In the flesh, you may be uh, tall or you may not be too tall. You may be large or you may be lean. You may be light skin or you may be dark skin. All of these are who you are in the flesh. But the Bible says we don't know each other according to the flesh. We belong to an ethnic group, we belong to a race, we belong to a family, but we are not known by that. Now the reason why this is difficult for you is that, and, and for me too, is that every identity we have is based on who we are physically. If you go to register for your Ghana card uh, to get your national ID, they're going to ask you uh, your date of birth and you have to tell exactly when you were born physically. Not when you were born again, but when you were born physically as a human being. Uh, they're going to ask you who your father is. You cannot say God Almighty. You have to name the name of your father. Who's your mother? You have to name the name of your father. Where do you come from? You can say heaven. You have to name your, your, your village or your hometown. And, and, they, and then they're going to say, how tall are you? You're not going to say, I'm a giant in the spirit. You, you have to show exactly what your, your, your height is and that was the color of your eyes and all of that. So all the statistics that shows who you are are physical. And because of that, it's very difficult for us to think that we are spirits. So when somebody asks you, who are you? You are going to quote your physical statistics. But the passage says, we should not know each other according to the flesh. If you have known yourself after the flesh, there is a point where you say, I know myself after the spirit. So in the spirit, who are you? How tall are you in the spirit? How wide or lean are you? 
who is your father in the spirit? Where do you come from? What is your spiritual village? I know people can get very weird with that. My spiritual village is under the water. <laughs> All right. So, so the passage is saying that though we live in the flesh, our true identity is in the spirit. When God relates to us, he relates to us after the spirit. God does not look to the outward appearance. He looks to the heart. What does that mean? It means when God is looking at you, he doesn't look at who you are physically. He looks at who you are inside the spirit man. And when he promises you something, he doesn't promise your body. He promises your spirit. That is why the promises of God can go contrary to your physical experience. He says to Abraham, you are the father of many nations. Physically, he was a father of nothing. But spiritually, he was a mighty father. When God speaks to you, he speaks to your spirit. And that's why you have to be spirit-minded so you can identify and locate God's promises to you. So where is our spirit? We've talked about the fact that our spirit is in us. And so I'm going to talk about three positions of your spirit. Three positions of your spirit. We start with a familiar one, something that we are all familiar with, where our spirit is. Our spirit is in our body. So that's the first thing. Our spirit is in our body. So within this physical tent, there is a tenant called the spirit or the image of God, the imago Dei. That spirit lives in a house. We call it a body. So the spirit lives in our bodies. And what is the implication of that? Two implications. First, because our spirit is in our bodies, we experience or we are able to experience the life of the spirit on earth. If our spirit did not have a body, our spirit would not be able to live here on earth. Philippians chapter 2, verse 22 to 24, but if we live but if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell. For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is far more needful for you. What is all of that about? Paul, the apostle, is talking to the Philippians. And he says, I, I have to make a choice. What I really want is to be with Christ. Now when he says, I, I want to be with Christ, do you think he means my body wants to be with Christ? No. He says, what I wish is that I'll be with Christ. I'll be, I'll be in heaven. But flesh and blood does not go to heaven. So when he says, what I wish is I'll be in heaven, is I wish my, my spirit is in heaven. But he says, if my spirit is in heaven with Christ, I, I am of no benefit to you. I can't write you letters, I can't preach to you, I can't encourage you. And since I want to encourage you, I choose that my spirit should not go to heaven now. But my spirit should stay here and bless you. 
Now, the, the important thing you get from this thought is Paul is telling us that without his body, his spirit cannot function here on earth. Without his body, his spirit cannot function here on earth. And that is one of the reasons why our spirit lives in a body. Because without our bodies, our spirit has no legitimacy to function in the earth. Even God himself, when he wanted to come and save us, on earth, he had to become a man. The incarnation, God became flesh. Because you need flesh to live on the earth. And that has other spiritual implications. Even demons need flesh to operate here on earth. That's why they possess bodies. And if they don't get a human body, they will possess an animal's body. And if they don't get an animal body, they will possess a tree. Because they need a physical substance to manifest themselves. God designed us that for us to experience life on earth, we must have a body. And that is why when we get born again, we don't go to heaven instantly. Our body must function here, but our body must function with our spirit in it. So the reason why our spirit is located in our bodies is so that we can experience the earthly life. But there's a second reason. The reason why our spirit is located in the body is so that we can become God's temple on earth. God's temple on earth, God's habitation, God's dwelling place. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own, for you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now, when the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is in our bodies, the Holy Spirit is not just in our bodies. The Holy Spirit is in our spirit. And our spirit is in our body. So the Holy Spirit indwells our spirit. Our spirit indwells our body. And when that comes together, God has a temple. A habitation. God has a place he can operate from. In modern terms, you can say that when God spirit comes to dwell in your spirit in your body your body becomes an embassy of God because he can now operate although he's in heaven he now has an embassy that he can operate in and function in and speak out of and legislate out of why because your body is now his temple Right from the beginning, God has always desired that a man, human beings must have a body. Although he created the spirit first, he had to create the body and put the spirit within the body. So that a human being can have legitimacy to function here on earth. If you have no body, you have no right to be here. You have no right. Because the earth... It's not made for spirits. The earth is made for physical beings. If God himself wants to visit the earth, he has to put on flesh. When angels want to manifest on earth, they appear like human beings. Even the devil, when he wants to function on earth, 
he will look for somebody's body to channel his presence in. Why? Because the earth is made for physical, material beings. And any spiritual entity, including your spirit, must have a body to operate in. Jesus Christ came and took on flesh so that God can legitimately walk amongst us and function amongst us. That is one of the first reasons why your spirit is located in your body to give you legitimacy. Otherwise, you would not be here in church. You'd be singing in the choirs of heaven with angels singing hallelujah, hallelujah. But now you can say your hallelujah here, attention here on earth. Why? Because your body is here. The day your body rebels against your spirit, you will sing somewhere else. Alright? So that's the first reason our spirit is located in our body. Somebody say, my spirit is in my body. Alright, second, and this is an interesting uh, aspect of it. Our spirits are located in Christ. So my spirit is not only in my body, at the same time as my spirit is in my body, my spirit is also in Christ. My body is not in Christ. My spirit is in Christ. My body is not in Christ. Our spirits are in Christ. What is the implication of that? So, whilst we are still here on earth, our spirits are seated in Christ in heavenly places. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4 to 6. But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love which, with which he loved us, even when we're dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up together. And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. Our spirits at the time that you are sitting here and your spirit is on earth in your body now, at this material time, your spirit is also seated in heaven in Christ. You are sitting in two places right now. Sitting in this hall, listening to me, sitting in heaven in Christ. So, so people say, so how can it be? Oh, it can be. It can be because even in the natural a person can be in two countries at the same time. Take for example a Ghanaian who works for the British High Commission. He lives in Kokomlemle. His body is in Ghana. He's a Ghanaian. He has a Ghanaian passport. And he takes his transport, whatever transport, and he goes to the British High Commission. The day he, or the moment he enters, he has entered Britain. And he works now, although he's a Ghanaian with a Ghanaian passport, he's working for the British government. And he may even, based on his rank, issue statements from the British government. Yet, he's a Ghanaian from Kukumlimle. Issue statements from London in Ghana. Why? Because one part of him is in Ghana, another part of him is in Britain. In the same way the believer, one part of you is on earth, another part of you is seated in heaven in Christ. And from there, 
you can make legislation that affects life in this territory we call Earth. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebil. Email otebil at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.